0: I was basically reliving 10 years of my life in the course of three days, and, you know, there are a lot of ups and downs.
1: There's something very different about reading your book out loud
2: that just gives a deeper understanding. There are many words that I realized, names that were kind of hard to pronounce saying them out loud, but the word continuity was bashing me hard.
0: Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks.
1: In this episode, meet
0: writer Molly Roden Winter, physician and healthcare thought leader Dr. Uche Blackstock, and storyteller and birth and postpartum doula Brandi Sellers Jackson. Listen to hear how Roden Winter and Sellers Jackson wrote the books they needed years ago, and which chapter Dr. Blackstock is most excited for listeners to hear. Enjoy! Hi, this is Molly Roden-Winter, author of More, A Memoir of Open Marriage. I wrote this book because when I looked at all of the stuff that was out there about open marriage, mostly what I saw was one of two things— Either people who had tried to have an open marriage and it didn't work out, and so they either closed the marriage again or got a divorce. Totally, you know, fair. Or I saw stories that felt very fringe, people who were doing a type of polyamory that felt different from what I had experienced, or maybe they didn't have children, or maybe they were younger. So I felt like there was just kind of a hole that my story could fill. And the fact that my parents have an open marriage gave it some gravitas as well. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be intense. I think that's because I was basically reliving 10 years of my life in the course of three days. And, you know, there are a lot of ups and downs. Things sometimes I'd maybe rather pretend didn't happen, but they did. Oh, I realized I had trouble pronouncing just about anything in French, which is part of the problem with Laurent to start with. I'm excited that listeners will hear the kind of cards that Stuart writes. His cards are magical, and the card that he gave me for that anniversary that I talk about in the book or that I read from in the book, it's verbatim. It's what he said, and... That's the kind of card I get two or three times a year, which if you need another, you know, understanding of why I'm married to him, there it is. I did not prepare to record my audiobook. I guess I prepared by living this life, but in honesty, I do read everything that I write as I'm writing and as I'm editing, so I have read all of it aloud many times, just not start to finish. If I couldn't narrate my audiobook, my dream narrator would be, I have to give two, it's a tie, Sarah Silverman or Kristen Wiig. And they're the two, just putting it out there, ladies, who if my book ever gets made into a TV show, those are my top choices for casting. The last audiobook I listened to that I loved was Rick Rubin, The Creative Act. And just listening to it especially with Stuart in our car. That's where I listen to audiobooks primarily. We kept pausing it to talk about everything that he said, and I think what I love about listening to audiobooks is doing it communally, like in a car, so that everybody's having the same experience together. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Mom, are you there? Mom, where are you? Mom, I need to talk to you. Mom, please call me. When the plane from LaGuardia touches down in Houston, I take my phone out of airplane mode and watch texts pile up like a deck of cards. Text from Daniel. Text from Daniel. From Daniel. From Daniel. From Daniel. Mom, are you and Dad in an open marriage? This is not plan A. This is not even plan W. This is, to put it mildly, cause for panic.
1: Hi, this is Uche Blackstock, M.D., author of Legacy, A Black Physician Reckons with Racism in Medicine. I was inspired to write this book by my mother, the original Dr. Blackstock, who passed away when I was 19, but also on a larger scale to write about this issue that means so much to me, racial health inequities, and really to help readers connect the dots on why they exist and what readers can do about it. It was enjoyable. I actually fell in love with my book again. There's something very different about reading your book out loud that just gives a deeper understanding and a love for my book. It made me very excited. Apparently, I didn't know how to pronounce academia. I was saying academia. <laughs> that was a surprise. I realized I had trouble pronouncing Academia. And so that was one of the things I learned recording the audiobook. There's so many fun parts, you know, that I really loved. But I think the part that I enjoyed the most for the readers is chapter 15, which is the call to action. I want people just to know that after reading the book, like there's something in it for them when they want to know, what do I do next? And it's in that part that it's almost like giving a sermon, you know, and talking to the reader about this is what I need you to do. So that's my favorite section to record. I prepared for the audiobook by making sure to read the sections that I was going to be recording in the subsequent session just to make sure that I was familiar with the words or phrasing or content and I wasn't caught off guard because, yes, even though I've read the book many times and I have written the book myself, just making sure that it's fresh in my mind was really important ensuring that our sessions were more efficient. If I had to record again, I would make sure to bring chapstick enough water and enough layers of clothing. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast over Winfrey because I love her voice and I could just listen to it for hours. So I would love to have her tell my story. I listened to my friend and colleague's book, Under the Skin, which actually addresses similar issues that I write about in Legacy. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is while I'm taking walks in my beautiful neighborhood. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. From an early age, my twin sister Oni and I loved to play with our mother's doctor's bag. It was an old-school, heavy black leather bag, worn and cracked around the edges, that snapped open from the top to reveal the medical instruments inside. Her full name is written in faded gold uppercase letters across one side of the bag, followed by MD. The bag lived in her bedroom under her bureau.
2: Hi, this is Brandi Sellers Jackson, author of On Thriving Harnessing Joy Through Life's Great Labors. I wrote my book because, you know, I say in the book, grief was the starter. And for me, that is the case for this. I wrote this book because I wanted to write the book that I needed while experiencing the various facets that we humans experience during life. So that meant, you know, while being othered, while experiencing grief, while navigating my mental health, and then also while discovering my relationship with myself and with others. If I had to describe what it was like recording my audiobook in one word, I would say adventure. And I say adventure because I've never done this before as far as recording an audiobook. I mean, you're literally sitting in a studio reading. So I didn't really know what that was going to be like. But it's been so much fun. And it's almost as if the words came out on the page for myself as well. So as I'm reading them to you, the listener, I'm discovering things and remembering things that I wrote. (laughs) So yeah, I would say an adventure. It's been a fun one. I realize I had a hard time saying the word and pronouncing the word continuity. This is a very basic word, but saying it, amongst other words that you're saying, in flow, actually was really hard. Like, I know how to pronounce the word continuity. I use the word continuity in my day-to-day life. But reading it, for some reason, was like the hardest thing in the world. There are many words that I realized, names that were kind of hard to pronounce, saying them out loud. But the word continuity was like, it was bashing me hard. My favorite section to record, and this might sound a little morbid, but it's not, it's the section on grief. And I only say that because I believe that it's going to help a lot of people reimagine, one, what loss and death looks like day to day, and that it doesn't necessarily mean a physical death, but more so the end to something, and then the feelings of loss and grief that we have to kind of sort through afterward. I'm excited for people to hear that because I think it's going to give a lot of us permission to feel the feelings that we naturally feel going through the ending of a relationship or the end of a friendship or the end of the thing that we thought we wanted. I'm excited for people to hear that because I think it's going to unshackle a lot of folks from the ideas of what Death and grief look like, and how we can be a lot kinder to ourselves. I love the flow of words, and I love the way certain phrases roll off of your tongue and out into the ether. I had kind of been doing that from the beginning as I was writing it. Certain words, as you say them, it hits you in a certain way. So when it came time to record the audiobook, I was really excited because I was like, I finally get to say it and just like get it out there and just say it out of my mouth, the words that I have on page. So I would say I prepared by just becoming a reader of my own book, <laughs> if that makes sense. If I had to record my audiobook again, and if there was something that I would bring into the studio that I didn't have this time, I would bring music, some background music, because As I was writing the book, I constantly had background music playing. I usually write with music without words because that throws me off. I wish I could, but I can't. But I would listen to a lot of Alice Coltrane and Miles Davis and just go through it that way. So to me, it just would feel like a continuum of flow. So my dream narrator to read my book if I had not have read my book I'm going to pick two people. One is purely for humor. The other is the actual would have loved if I didn't read it. The first one that I would pick to read my book would have been Liam Neeson. And I only say that because to me, it would have been hilarious to hear him read some of the things that I wrote. (laughs) I was a young Black girl in Alabama. I just would love to hear him say that. So sorry. I think that would be great. But real life narrator, it would be Viola Davis. Oh, I would love to have heard her read my words. That would have been amazing. The last audiobook that I listened to, I'm old school. I like turning pages. I know after recording an audiobook. <laughs> But I love the smell of books. I love it. I love it. That is the hill. I mean, does like vinyl count? Because I have Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream on vinyl. And I have actually John F. Kennedy's speech as well on vinyl. I'm like, does that count? And now listen to a clip from my audiobook, On Thriving Harnessing Joy Through Life's Great Labors. I would like to tell you that my first time experimenting with psychedelics was somewhere far away, yet so very typical, like Indio, California, or Joshua Tree, surrounded by nature sequestered in a yurt, where my friends and I lit incense as we set our intentions while partaking in mushrooms, going away on our psychedelic trip, wild and free. That we heard and tasted the colors of the dry and desolate paradise around us, engrossed by just how high we really were.
0: This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more Behind the Mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.